Hi everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of Nymph Alumni. I'm Biz and I'm with Alexi and Sam. And this episode we are focusing on the merriment of the season, of the festive season. And we're talking about Christmas. So I guess what got us thinking about this is a couple things. I think we just kept seeing imagery of people nostalgically reflecting on Christmases of yore. Specifically kind of like the Home Alone, McAllister's family home multicolored christmas lights everywhere tinsel on the tree christmas and also i don't know about you guys but i've been really feeling the holiday spirit this year and like i honestly feel connected to it in a new way and yeah so we're going to talk about that we're also going to talk about christmas catalogs department stores how those tie into obviously the the culture around christmas and then also some christmas lore like how santa claus came to be christmas kitsch and one of our personal favorites as Southern ladies, Coca-Cola's relationship to Santa Claus. Yes, I'm so excited. So happy, happy Christmas, everyone. From a- Happy Christmas. <laughs> Yay. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's so, like, Dick, Dick and, what do you call it? Dickensian? Dickensian. <laughs> it's so Dickensian to say, to say happy Christmas to people. I like agree. I, Wait, I can actually get us started with an anecdote, which is that I think <gasps> the reason that I've been feeling- You met Santa. Oh my god. Oh my god, I met Santa. No. There is a picture of me and my siblings though, which is actually really crazy. Do you guys know what like glamour shots are? Like the mall photos? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I was in a similar situation to that, but kind of like preppified that my mom set us up in a place, I don't know, got made us get our picture that taken there. And we're like, it's in the Christmas setting. So you know, there's a mantle, wreaths, cozy fireplace. And then I didn't know that there was a there's a Santa like in the background shushing like being like shh like don't tell them i'm here <laughs> when i was a kid but i wasn't even a kid i was like 13 and i was like what am i doing here <laughs> but it was just weird because like it was actually a surprise you know what i mean because i felt like if i imagined how if i saw one of those photos i'd be like oh obviously the kids know that he's in the background but there actually was just this man that we didn't know about <laughs> and that's, i don't know i sorry i just need to tell you guys that because every time i think about that photo i'm like well he really snuck in there Oh, I love that. Silent as a mouse. <laughs> How mischievous he is. Yeah. He's so mischievous. He yeah. is, dude. That's so anyway, funny. Sorry. That's what the- <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Because it is, he is always shushing and he's always sneaking around, you know. I think I was kind of scared a little bit of the legend of Santa Claus as a child. Like, in, a, in like, a, 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 it inspired awe in me. It was an awe inspiring figure for yeah. me. So I was like, I feared him and I loved him, you know. He's kind of supposed to be like God in that sense, I think. Um, yeah. But that's really interesting because I was researching Santa because I love him so much. And he, before like the 1930s, his like image was so different. And he often looked like really, I guess because they they wanted him to scare kids more into like behaving well. He used to be like a really strict, spooky European, like fairy tale freak who wasn't even necessarily human. Like he would be wearing like a robe. And and- he, was cr- he was he was <laughs> <laughs> he was Krampus. Yeah, he was getting yeah. right. Did he have hooves? I don't know. I, I can't confirm or deny that. Well, okay. Weirdly enough, the the image that we know of Santa comes from. I actually, I I did some santa claus research because i was thinking about new york christmas and i was like what's what's like the new york vibe for christmas i've never spent a christmas time or a holiday season in new york i've always wanted to but 
like Santa Claus is arguably a New Yorker. And a lot of like the imagery that we know of Santa Claus comes from New York, Dutch or German New Yorkers in like the late 19th century. Like Thomas Nast was a artist for Harper's Magazine and he invented or drew the most famous image of Santa Claus that we know now in this modern day. Um, And I'll link that in the show notes. But like weirdly enough, Washington Irving, who wrote Sleepy Hollow, wrote this book, A Knickerbocker's History of New York. And that's kind of like where the character of Santa Claus was introduced to Americans. So I just feel like Washington Irving is like a holiday hero because I feel like Sleepy Hollow is very like Halloween and then Santa Claus, obviously Christmas icon. But apparently he was like a, it was like an anti-British symbol, Santa Claus was. so interesting. Yeah, because after the American Revolution, people got really interested in the Dutch origins of New York City. And so... Mm -hmm. It was like a means to reject like the British were the original ones to come here, like that type of idea. And people started really kind of like leaning into the Christmas vibes and implementing a lot of like Dutch and German traditions, like the Christmas tree and St. Nicholas and um, in New York, because it was, you know, such a heavily Dutch and German influenced city. And yeah, so that people like Washington Irving were part of this like anti-British sentiment that was trying to proliferate German and Dutch culture across the Northeast. And so Santa Claus is like a New Yorker. That's I love cool. that. Yeah. I love that people did like cultural, I don't know, espionage through fairy tales back then. <laughs> but are Santa Claus and St. Nicholas the same person? Yes. Yeah. I think so. But I just can't imagine like St. Nicholas being a creepy fairy tale man. He just sounds so naturally jolly. I guess that's where they picked him. For the job yeah i'm glad that he became jolly like it's really amazing that he's not skinny anymore um Vermont. i wanted to say in addition to what you mentioned in the intro biz like the cozy 90s christmas feeling i also think that there's a major comeback of like 1950s christmas vibes and i think there's a big reason why people associate like the mid-century with christmas so much it kind of relates to like what we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode that like Norman Rockwell Americana like Saturday evening post era of illustrations and visual culture definitely seems to be a part of it but I've been really obsessed with like Christmas music lately and just the fact that it's like so jazzy all the time apparently Bing Crosby's White Christmas was like like the the song that changed the game for Christmas music and made it more like crooner core and it was given a wide release with the film Holiday Inn in 1942. Like, I didn't realize this, but a lot of Christmas songs were just made for Hollywood movies. Like, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was first sung by Judy Garland in a film in 1944. Same with, like, Silver Bells in 1951. Like, I didn't realize these were, like, soundtracks to something. But I think it, like, really increases the sentimental feeling of the time i also love like the christmas romanticism of this like jazzy christmas music like it's epitomized for me in um the song baby it's cold outside which had like a weird feminist panic a few years ago but i think it's being like re-injected into the canon because people realize that maybe the girl is like kind of horny too true no yeah that mid-century christmas is feels 
very strongly influential at the moment. And we're, I think weirdly next year is going to be a much more mid-century kishy Christmas. I recently got obsessed with Thomas Kincaid, who everybody knows who this is. They maybe just don't know his name, but like he's this sort of like painter who is responsible for like the sleepy core, like Christmas vibe shit that you see at Joanne's Fabrics. And I like got obsessed with him because I'm like local gallery in Austin, like is doing a show but like a couple shows ago they had like jordan wolfson and like chloe weiss and stuff and now they're just like showing like thomas kincaid like sleepy paintings which i think is really cool isn't that so weird but it got me thinking about christmas kish so i think norman rockwell is very much kishy and i just think there is like a vibe of kish that is a lot more relevant to our current societal circumstances than maybe it was in prior years. Because I think Kish is, like, criticized or used derogatorily because it's, like, meant to mimic sensory experience instead of, like, kind of create the sensory experience. And it's, like, so... It's such a sensory attack on your senses that it triggers an automatic reaction. And people would criticize this for being an unreflective and highly emotional and not sort of, like, a well-thought-out or complex reaction to art. Like, they thought it was too instantaneously reactive you know and i feel like our time is very much defined by like instantaneous reaction mm-hmm. and so kish it just feels like very relevant to the socio-cultural like, i don't know period that was so <laughs> real. i mean thomas can say this so interesting because it could like it seems to have like the same content of stuff like peter bruegel the elder like these art historical yes, scenes yes, of like village that. life but yes. they're rendered in this like disney ass style and it's like way too much like it kind of gives me an ai feeling like people are, keep doing this thing with ai where you can like give chat gpt an image and then tell it to be like more mm-hmm. and i saw yeah. someone do this with like a bedroom and they were like make it more cozy and then like the ending image is like they're like a thousand pillows and like clouds and like all of this shit everywhere which is is how I feel like his stuff comes to be. Like, I'm looking at this Christmas scene and, like, I think he just did a free association of, like, everything that could possibly happen at the North Pole. Like, why is there an Aurora Borealis, like, and, like, 10 million elves? My favorite painting of his is this painting commissioned by the Indy 500. And he painted, you know, the track, but in the crowd... He included both Norman Rockwell and Dale Earnhardt. Like, he hid them in the crowd, which I think is, like, the most Americana thing in the world. Oh, my God. (laughs) This one's actually quite quite nice. Like, it has a good good realism to it. Yeah. But there is a rainbow. He just couldn't. He couldn't help himself. Like, that that AI feeling is that he uses the color purple in, like, every painting. Mm. And Mm. I feel like purple does not occur in nature very much mm-hmm. or not in this way yeah, actually i'm looking at a picture he did where it, it's like a christmas scene with horses in the snow and there's no purple in it and it looks so much more less ai cozy generated purple is a nefarious color to me it's so nefarious i i think it might be my least favorite P- purple is yeah yeah and then like if you look at like a bruegel painting he uses a lot of orange which Mm-hmm. I feel like Kim K does as well, but there's I don't know I I just, but I do like the like what you guys said with the Norman Rockwell 
finding him in the crowd it's like the same thing as all those like dutch landscapes and like netherland landscapes yeah know? even with like hieronymus Bosch and stuff like that yeah, he's in the canon <laughs> that's so sure. much that's that, you know, like, he is canon mm-hmm. yeah i love thomas kincaid and weirdly joan didion I really criti- was like i didn't know he was like alive oh he's no he passed away thomas kincaid what i thought he was yeah. alive no, he died. He he died of alcohol poisoning. Like he was like a really bad alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Because because I, I looked at pictures of him and I saw him in the contemporary age. So I thought he yeah. was still alive, but he died in two thousand twelve. So fairly recently. Yeah, apparently he was like a really difficult person. Like he he was like cr- heavily Christian and like kind of an like an evangelical. Like all of, he apparently had like three or four kids and named all of them. All of their middle names were Christian. Was like a really big Christian, but was like really mm. kind of an asshole, and like I just find that really interesting. Like he had like a habit of like urinating in public, like all the time. What? Yeah, that's Wait, very, this is that's so very like Dutch. it gives the Pee Wee Herman thing, where it's just like mm-hmm. you know beloved, like purveyor of dreams, who actually ends up being like a bit of a freak. But I mm-hmm. think Walt Disney that's is kind of really like that funny. too. Wait, I'm still thinking about Christmas music because I just remembered that. Like, with the mid-century Christmas music vibe, there's the, like, croonerly, like, Frank Sinatra-esque stuff, but then there's also, like, a rockabilly type of thing. Like, Jingle Bell Rock, for example, which I feel like we're gonna be faced with a lot more since, like, there's a Mean Girls revival coming up, and there's that, like, iconic scene where they're, like, dressed up in slutty Santa costumes. But have you guys seen anything about Brenda Lee this year? Yes, but I can't remember what or why. It's because her record label, so Brenda Lee, for reference, is the original singer of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which is like always peaks at number two on the Christmas charts, I guess. Um, but she recorded that song when she was 13 years old. Oh, yeah, I saw and that, yeah. now her label is like doing a big push on it and they like made a new music video with her. And she's like, they're literally instigating Christmas music stan wars where they're like... <laughs> She's doing these shady interviews and being like, Mariah, girl, it's time to go. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. But for some reason, I find it really endearing because it's like this kind of old lady, like lip syncing to herself singing at age 13. And that is endearing for sure. Yeah, I do really like it. Um, So, yeah, just a reminder to Stan her. She's also the first woman to be inducted into both the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, shout out to yeah. her. But I we That's need impressive. new Christmas music, y'all. Like I Me too. I feel like who do we have in the canon? We have Justin Bieber. In terms of like fairly contemporary, Justin Bieber, Ariana yeah. Grande, Michael Bublé, Casey Musgraves. <laughs> I think well, Justin's is the best. He did opinion. that he did that song like Rom pom 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 Yeah, little drummer boy. <laughs> yeah. He is so little drummer boy. Yeah. I mean, they they've tried to induct new christmas songs into the canon and there's like always two years where there's like that one by the fifth harmony girl i forget what her name is what i haven't heard of oh god the quizmos it was like such a oh meme. You yeah mean it was a camilo cover cabello? of cabello oh yeah huh Qu- camilo cabello was yeah, it, it was camilo yeah. cabello though, right yeah 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 she's terrible she um yeah. she says quizmos yeah quizmos, quizmos. yeah <laughs> 
Uh, that was bad PR for Christmas music. <laughs> it uh, was. That yeah. was bad PR. But I do like how there's always been a shady diva aspect to like rocking the charts for Christmas because <laughs> have you guys seen Love Actually? Yeah. No, actually. Okay, so well, you should <laughs> actually see it. Um, I know. But, I need to. So it's one of it's in the canon of great British Christmas movies, which I actually want to t- talk to you guys about British Christmas tradition because mm, yes. I'm going to be honest, it's much better than American. Ooh. Which I, I didn't think I'd ever different say. Different music also is what I've read. Well, one of the one of the main plot lines in the movie, which is nebulously a Christmas movie, not nebulously it is a Christmas movie, but with other plots, is this old rocker like Brenda Lee, but different genre, basically makes this like shit Christmas song and is like on this warpath to get it to number one, and then he does. He like he like tops the charts versus like some I don't know popular group at the time. Yes, yeah, so I just love how that I love the idea of people competing for the top Christmas song. Me too. But I think that I think the best Christmas song is Last Christmas by Wham. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. I mean that one has had major popularity on TikTok. I love Paul McCartney's it's Wonderful so Christmas fresh. Time. Um and I feel like they're they're pretty similar. I like that a lot as well. I saw something today. Wait, you mean the one was like simply that, that one? Yeah. Having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah. Like it's like got really weird instrumentation in it Who's i feel that? like it's one of those songs you can like play backwards and it'll like say something weird yeah is it the beach boys sorry what no it's paul mccartney it's paul mccartney okay, okay. yeah uh, yeah i like how that has like a 70s vibe to it yeah, yeah it's a bit like beach boys straight hair beach boys also have a really good christmas album that's true well then because that's the thing is <clears throat> my favorite christmas kish vibe is christmas in july or like beach vacation mm. christmas i feel like that's so mid-century like tiki christmas you oh know my God, totally, yeah. totally that's why spongebob christmas specials would hit really hard you know <laughs> yeah that is like a vibe that i didn't consider that seems to be very like like boomers really yeah. had it on lock with christmas i would mm-hmm. say we need it we need to really like take some lessons from the boomer generation wait what is like tiki christmas even like, like i i feel like i understand but it's like I your family goes to an island for Christmas. To the beach. Oh. Oh, they're going to do that on like White Lotus or something. Yeah. Like it's always like a guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a Santa hat at the same time. Like that's the vibe. Oh, I get you know? it. I get it. Or and like images like of Santa on the beach. Or like surfing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Surfing a surfboard or something. He's like sunburned. Yeah. yeah. Sunburned Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, now I get it. I definitely do understand that. Um, God, like Santa costumes are so funny because they always. I don't know. Like, do you not notice how busted they look as a kid or something? I the did, but it's like nasty material. The beard is just like sickening. <laughs> it's, it's so well, sometimes, but sometimes, okay. So there's like there's like tiers of class of fake Santas. The lowest tier is the fake beard, and then when you get up to the higher tier, it's like a guy who actually has the white beard. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to meet a professional Santa. Maybe I'll go to SantaCon this year. I actually think SantaCon is amazing. And I know people from the Northeast hate it because it's mostly people from Long Island and Jersey who commute in to go to it. But I think Alex Earl went last year or like she dressed up like Santa Mrs. Claus. I don't know. Do you guys like like red and white and like belts and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I love the f- I love red with a fur trim that's white. And I think that... We've been through seasons together, and I think we've discussed so true uh, winter trends mm-hmm. a good bit. Like 
and I think that Santa stuff is so prime for like a cuntoning Russian bimbo core interpretation and not just in like a like mean girls way but I really think there's something interesting that we can do well Caitlin Covington is taking a trip to New York right now in like a New York Christmas type thing and she is slaying it her outfits are so good and all she's wearing is velvety or like kind of cozy fabric dresses with like feathered or fur trim and it's super super cute and it just kind of like reminded me she's like the Washington Irving of our generation and that like she dominates the fall and she has potential to dominate the winter and Christmas time but I think she just needs to lean into it harder you know I feel like something to me like about she's not very, she doesn't have like a jolly appearance like really? I don't know I feel like she no not in a mean way like in a way that I think that she aesthetically like the way she looks fits the fall better yeah it like, does. she's a self she has she has the geometry <laughs> of like a leaf not something more more jolly and you know but what do they what do they even say santa's cheeks look like a bowl of like jelly or something like that yeah that is in the poem isn't it yeah something like that but also there's something like happening now which we all know about which is like people wearing little striped scarves and socks and stuff like that which is very elvish in a north pole sense yeah that kind of gives nightmare before christmas too which i feel like is probably (sighs) the most significant um christmas influence in our generation yeah that is true i was at this um show last night i suppose and it was um like the indie sleaze convention and (laughs) all all the kids literally looked like they were dressed from like nightmare before christmas like skinny jeans yeah boys have like boys are straightening their hair now did you know that i did i did you are joking no no it's serious like i had young men are I have not seen this. I I mm. would I would shudder. I think I maybe was if I ever did witness it, I probably would have blocked it out. Cause that yeah. we can't let we can't let them do that, dude. Like, yeah, it was actually really interesting. Like as a a full circle moment, like this DJ was played like a, a remix of Olivia Rodrigo Vampire, which was really fun. But then he started <laughs> playing like Skrillex. And then yeah, everyone's dressed like the nightmare before Christmas. And yeah, I guess it just really reminded me of what people were up to at that time. I just think I've like actually I'm... never been like a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of fan, or I've never maybe even seen the movie. <gasps> really? Because you'd love it. It's super cute. I think I've seen it maybe one time when I was a kid, but I would like to watch it. I it's think a I was always movie. confused on if it was a Halloween or a, a, um, a Christmas movie. It's a lot more Christmassy. Yeah, it's, it's really about the magic of Christmas. And honestly, it kind of like doesn't paint Halloween in like a great light. Because what's that evil Jack Lantern's name? Jack, Jack Skellington. Skellington. He's not evil. The no, thing is no, that no, he no, likes no, no, secretly. No, 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 no. no, it's not him. The evil guy in it. What's his name? He's like a bag or something like that. Oh, the bag. Yeah. Oh, what's he's his like name? the man in the moon or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. He's like a weird spooky bag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll watch it. That's, I'll add that to my. You're supposed to kind of come away from that movie loving Christmas more, I think. Oh, you are? Okay. Did you guys mind if I describe 90s Christmas? Because I think that was like our first point of inspiration for this. Yeah. Um, And then maybe we can talk about our 90s Christmas memories. Okay, so 
So what I've been really seeing is people comparing the idea of like a 90s, 80s Christmas versus minimalist Christmas. So I was thinking about what is 90s Christmas. Here are the components I've come to. Color. It has colorful Christmas lights, I think, are the most important thing. With big, greedy bulbs. Tinsel as well, which, you know, that did fall out of fashion. Mismatched ornaments. And then I would say general feeling of warmth lit by familial chaos. References include the McAllister's house and home alone. And kind of on the other end of the spectrum, eyes wide shut. And then I was thinking, what is minimalist Christmas? So taking it back to point one, only white tree, only white lights on the tree. Weird sparse trees, but not in a Charlie Brown's Christmas kind of way. It's more like exposed brick vibes. Wood, for some reason, minimalist Christmas is really heavy on whitewashed and light colored wood. Random boughs of conifer tree with rustic neutral colored ribbon. And so I think a good example of this is like how you imagine Kim Kardashian's Wyoming compound would look at Christmas, but her Christmas is like a bit of, a bit more glam versus rustic. And then I think the the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back here with people saying like fuck minimalist Christmas was I saw this one TikTok about how sick and twisted minimalist nativity scenes are because they're literally just like shards of colored glass or chunks of wood that are like arranged <laughs> like the shepherds and the the wise men and the baby jesus in the manger and i totally understood why people looked at this and revolted and um do you guys ever go through like a minimalist christmas phase or have you always been more about the color and and the tinsel i'm big on tinsel big on big bulbs i'm big on yeah like the the kishy christmas vibe is what makes me feel most cozy it's it's really familiar to me i i don't know i i will say that colored lights have never been a part of our family's history like i remember one year my mom tried to switch it up and do colored lights and we hated it and like changed them immediately but we also didn't do bulbs really but we just had a lot of sentimental kind of like diy ornaments or ornaments that i don't know like i had to make for like a school project we also had really realistic fake birds that we would put on the tree. So I feel like my mom was kind of like OG kind of cottage core Christmas decoration. Another element to the Christmas vibe this year, though, that I'm seeing is that it's like a lot more foliage heavy. Yes, actually, I know what you mean in terms of the way that trendy businesses are decorating themselves in Austin, at least. A lot of the trendiest businesses are filling their shit with like pine needles and like foliage and and it's that's I feel like a very minimalist Christmas vibe because a lot of them are not even colored or lit up or anything like that. It's just a lot of pine everywhere. Yeah, it's like the decor equivalent of like putting fur trim on everything. Exactly. I think it looks really. I like how it looks. I do. It and like good. berries, like the Christmas, like holly mm. and mistletoe. Like I love a botanical yeah. Christmas feeling. Oh yes, yes. I tried to buy mistletoe yesterday, but it was a cash only situation. Oh no. It was so sad. I've actually never had mistletoe. Like I've never purchased mistletoe. Yeah, me neither. I don't even know where I get it from. This was just at one of those like flower stands on on the corner of the street, but they had all their Christmas stuff out. Mm-hmm. But I like I said earlier, like I think like Christmas in England is actually coming on on top of the charts. And I want to tell, tell us you your experience. Why. Yeah. Tell I, I'm very so curious. So first of all, I mean, 
Thomas Kincaid was inspired by England, like the Cotswolds, which is this idyllic cottage filled area. So I think it's just the natural scenery of cobblestones and uh older buildings. But then also I I actually think like there's it has something to do with the fact that Christmas isn't very religious here. So all of the Christmas decorations are I don't know. They're all like just not about religion in any way. I don't know. I guess also something something about them feels like they never updated from like the 90s. Like if you walk around London, it's known for having tons and tons of Christmas lights and um kind of these light arrangements in the shapes of like stars and ornaments and whatever it may be. But yeah, something about the fact that there's it's not a very Christian holiday here has made the Christmas decoration like the platonic I- ideal of Christmas decoration. And then secondly, because they don't have Thanksgiving here, the Christmas season starts like on November. And so you have like a really, really long time to enjoy it. And so it's like this really long period of merriment, basically, towards like one final destination. That's and really then, interesting because, like, oh, sorry, I really like it. No, I think it's really nice. Like, I actually, um, I love Thanksgiving as as we know from that previous episode. But something about having that like time to actually en- enjoy it for longer is really nice. That's what the thing is. Is I think in America, I, when I was researching Christmas, there's a lot of controversy over what they call Christmas creep. It, it's when department stores and businesses start stocking their Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving and people get really upset because in America it's thought of as sort of almost like blasphemy to interrupt the Thanksgiving vibes with the Christmas vibes. Mm-hmm. Like we're very like militant about how department stores stock their stores because department stores are a part of our traditions and celebrations in America. And yeah, it's called Christmas creep. And, um, Weirdly enough, when I was reading about this, I came across this thing called Franksgiving. And it was this one year when Franklin Delano Roosevelt pushed Thanksgiving back a week for that year as like a like as an attempt to do like some sort of like stimulus package for the economy because he wanted people to have more time to shop in department stores during Christmas time because that was such a stimulating moment for the American economy. And it went down in history as Franksgiving. Wait, so he made it earlier in November? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the kind of policy I like to see in place. I know, yeah. Everyone just got on board with that. I just, like, I'm obsessed with the way that we have integrated department store shopping as, like, a cultural tradition in America. Like that, and I I wonder if it's the same in the UK, because the UK has a really similarly influential department store culture, I can assume, just from like mm-hmm. the Selfridges vibe and just a lot of other department stores I hear about often. Has that been your experience, Biz? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to all the department stores, but I also actually think department stores here are winning as well. Yeah. I don't know why. They just like, there's a couple things. One, there's like storied food department stores like Fortnum and Mason Mm. which is a really old British um kind of like specialty food shop and so obviously that pops off at Christmas because they have like tons of biscuits and chocolates and like teas and hot chocolates so there's there's that sort of thing which I don't really think we have the equivalent of in America except 
like William Sonoma, which isn't the same. Mm-hmm. And then where else? Yeah, and I also just think like because the British department stores have a like a, I guess a longer history in terms of just how long they've been open for. I think they're seen as more like institutions versus I do sometimes feel like I mean this isn't a new observation but the like American department stores have been really neglected. Mm-hmm. I was like I actually went to like Macy's Herald Square flagship a couple <gasps> winters ago cuz I needed I was in New York and I needed to like buy something random I can't remember why. Wait, I think I went with and, you. No, 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 no we went no, to No, we went no. we went to um Trump Tower. Barney's, what's the other place? Yeah, we went to t- <laughs> We went to Trump Tower infamously to use the no, very we clean bathroom. But... Where, where did we go? We, we went... went to Nordstrom. No, right. What's the? Oh, we went to Neiman Marcus. We, we went to Neiman no. Marcus on Fifth. No, no, no. We didn't go to Neiman Marcus. It's it looks like the New York. Oh, Saks. No, it wasn't Saks. Wait, it what was the one that's up by the plaza? Yeah, the one by the plaza. Because afterwards, anyways, we went to the plaza. yeah, Bergdorf's. Bergdorf's, that's where he went, yeah. Bergdorf, good man, yeah. But yeah, I thought that Macy's Herald Square was so, like, um, kind of, like, downtrodden. Even though it's obviously the biggest department store for Macy's, I think. Or, like, obviously the most historical one. But I, I really like department stores, and I feel like I've mentioned that on the show a couple times. <laughs> yeah. We we talked about them during the last Christmas Sugar episode. Cookie Consumer episode as well, too. yeah. I, I didn't realize I was researching the history of the department store and it was actually invented in the UK and mm. like everything I also wanted to say is like I want to know what listeners think about us doing like a Queen Victoria episode because I just feel like Queen Victoria is behind so much fashion and so much consumer and design or consumer culture and design and like it's like important to kind of explore that like department stores started out in the UK in like 1851 or like in the 1850s. And it, like they were modeled after the Crystal Palace in Hyde Park, which is like this like palace in Hyde Park. I have, I've never been, but it has like 60,000 panes of glass. And like, that's what the department store vibe comes from. It comes from this like very palatial sort of like world's fairy type vibe. And like, I just find that like really interesting. Cause it's like, kind of like, monarchical british vibes invaded america in a more like insidious way through the department store and i just like love how like experience based they were back in the day like they used to have like reading rooms and like a bunch of like random places that would like encourage you to linger within the store well to bring it back to um us i in our perfectly imperfect one of my recommendations was eating at department stores and i would definitely recommend that during the holiday season if it's not too busy because it's really fun because you get that kind of energetic feeling from being around so many people but then you're like eating a a hot chocolate and sitting down so it's quite nice and then yeah I actually was um so I went to Fortnum and Mason the other day and I was walking around afterwards in this area in central London called St. James's which I think is really close to Savile Row but basically like I stumbled upon this um you know how malls came from like arcades like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the yeah, Walter Benjamin vibe. Arcades. I stumbled upon <laughs> yeah I stumbled upon an arcade and it was like this open air selection of shops that were in these beautiful kind of like vaulted glass front stores and all the stores were like it was like hand-painted wooden soldiers open since 1695 
and I was like, damn, okay. And then I walked down and I I, I posted this on the, inst- the Nympha, Nympha alumni Instagram, but then I found a statue of Bo Brummel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like there's mm-hmm. something so special about these shops and putting them in these beautiful little glass box style stores was, I don't know, really, really, really charmed me. And now, I mean, people still like invest into kind of, I guess, experiential design and uh, big department stores like like Selfridges and Harrods and stuff but it's always like they'll make like a robot it's like in the front you know what yeah. I mean that's what I was thinking too is that I feel like there's a lot more fragmentation in the experiment ex- know, experiential design world whatever that is I'm sure there's some sort of word for it that we have no idea what it is but it's just like you think of like Meow Wolf and like the interactive Van Gogh exhibit and what do you call them? Escape rooms. I just think that like those people who are trying to just create freestanding experiential design <laughs> like locations. I don't know. I feel like yeah. they should maybe like collaborate with the department stores or something because well, then it just it feels more ancient and classical. Yeah, I think the consumer psychology behind that seems to be like department stores kind of like casinos like have created these like huge interiors that have a lot of areas that you can get lost in like there aren't many sources of natural light they have things like eateries to like maximize the amount of time you spend there and they just like want you to have this feeling of like getting lost or like being separated from the outside world but in a way that can be quite like independently done you know like people might be trying to spray perfume at you but like i love going to Saks because you can just literally walk around like more or less undisturbed and really take your time and like it doesn't feel like anyone's rushing you out of there which is also like a thing that seems to be happening in like culinary culture like I always hear boomers kind of complaining about how you used to be able to really take your time at a restaurant like read a book without people like coming up to you and trying to get you out of there but escape rooms and you know like the Van Gogh projection experience and like those kind of speakeasy meow wolf things are such like cattle herded beginning to end experiences like there's not much mm-hmm. like independent discovery of of anything like you just do do something in like the way that you're supposed to do it and then it's like over yes and so there's true. no like wandering or uh yeah. like meandering involved i feel like everything now just kind of like has a time limit just because like I think businesses have gotten into like optimizing mm-hmm. by just like having really quick turnaround of, of consumers or people who are like visiting something. Um, and now they realize that like, yeah, like time spent doesn't really equate to money. Like I just hate when I'm at a restaurant and you can like tell that they like want you to get out of there or like at a store and they like are annoyed that you're actually like interested in the products. Yeah. And asking questions. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that department stores, I think, built their legacy and their hold on the people of the world through exactly how you said, like, kind of giving people, like, the freedom to create their own independent experiences. And I think, it, like, a lot of that amounted to fantasy and, like, people building fantasy worlds in their head and, and psychologically associating that with department stores. Like, I think that's what the Christmas catalog was meant to do. The first one was made by Sears and it was called the wish book. And it was sent out to rural America during 
West, westward expansion. The Christmas catalog became almost like a form of entertainment, just like how walking around a department store was a form of entertainment for people back in the day. Whenever families in rural America would receive the Christmas catalog or the wish book, this year's wish book, it was this opportunity for them to order and wear city clothes that they didn't really have access to. And it would also like juxtapose these like weirdly, I've talked about this before, but you know, these exorbitantly priced almost gag products like a camel or like Santa's sleigh for like $40,000. And they put it (laughs) next to a $5 pair of pajama pants, you know, or something like that. And people would go through the catalog and kind of have these, you know, witness these like kind of tongue in cheek like purchases that you could potentially make from Sears, like a camel or like um, a, a stable of 12 horses or something with like things that they could actually buy. And so people, families would get together and, and go through these catalogs and kind of fantasize about life in the city and life as like a very wealthy person, the, the incredibly, you know, eccentric things that you could do with money. Um, and I saw someone say that this is like quite pessimistic like this attitude towards Christmas. I don't know. It's just kind of like the the gag jokes of the really expensive object, you know, that you could buy off of the Christmas catalog. I, I don't know if it's a pessimistic. I want to I would like to hear listener opinions about whether or not that's pessimistic or optimistic because I'm interested. Wait, what um, is pessimistic? Like the fact that people can't afford it? Yeah, yeah. Like or even just using that method of advertising in the first place, like kind of like juxtaposing a very accessible product with like the the most unimaginable unimaginably uh inaccessible product that you can think of like you know? a camel like a camel yeah i'm like how could you see that pessimistically it's like that's funny. what i was thinking too yeah because i was like, like it's you oh know i thought that that was quite optimistic honestly <laughs> but that's yeah i don't just eat the rich shit yeah i know that's maybe what it was but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, you know, department store psychology is so interesting because, you know, it has really like kind of established itself as like a real cultural tradition in America and just seeing department stores not lean into that. I feel like they're not understanding like the impact that they've had on like our traditions. You know what I mean? I like Have you guys noticed the rise of gift guides? Yeah. No, it's been such a major thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like the it's recommendation. so major uh like the personal recommendation thing that's going on with the coastal elites like mm-hmm. everyone is obsessed with like community and like personalities as um as commerce yeah <laughs> it's true though but i mean yeah no i love gift guides can't get enough but then i, I mean i don't think i've ever actually purchased something from someone's gift guide i'm just like Me okay either. you have good taste we gotta i know oh my god imagine putting out like a really bad gift guide that's like really really basic that's good though you know more yeah, power to do that. we should do that this year what would it be like the worst yeah i'm just imagining people like putting their gift card gift guides together and like they have like a vein popping in their forehead <laughs> thinking about like is this a niche enough gift to put on <laughs> i feel like we should recommend you know? like yeah that was me last year. Putting ours yeah, together. that was that was us last year with the gift card. I was really trying was. really hard. I mean, like, I feel like I uniquely don't love like fantasy shopping and like knowing about stuff that I can't buy. <laughs> like, it actually makes me sad. Maybe that's why I am. I don't. I don't feel pessimistic about the camel, but like, I just know people who like scroll on Essence all day and like 
add things to their wish list that they don't buy and that like just doesn't appeal to me oh yeah no i couldn't yeah i've never had like a virtual i've never had like a digital wish list it's all in my head yeah yeah and i like finding random stuff you know like i don't like feeling i'm checking stuff off a list when i'm buying things you have to but if, come across something yeah. with like a christmas like wonder you know you have to press your face against the glass of a store display and be like so i've true. never seen anything like this yeah yeah you need to use your imagination mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was thinking i was like oh my god like my gift recommendation this year would be like a different shade of the eyeshadow stick that i recommended last year i will i would recommend that actually it's a again it's a byredo sparkly eyeshadow stick but now i've been wearing the one in blue it's really mm. it's really fabulous blue eyeshadow um, looks really good on you yeah, you're oh, like the CEO of eyeshadow. I feel like eye yeah, makeup in are. general is <laughs> you're made for it. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Thank you. What next? Oh, uh, what's I, I gonna say? Oh, well, here, hold on one second. Y'all keep going. I just need to this uh, this burger plate is like actually making me sick. I need to put it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Your Christmas burger. Um, <laughs> I'll be right back. We really need more like Christmas food. I guess like there's the whole vibe in New York right now of the like holiday markets where you can get really gimmicky like $20 hot chocolate with a giant marshmallow on it type and vibe. like raclette and stuff yeah it's always very like melty which is winter coated for some reason um someone should have a, a christmas dinner where you only eat like white foods <gasps> like if it's like snow themed it's a good idea i'm dreaming of a white noise christmas <laughs> that should be the yeah, theme of my no, I'm, imaginary christmas party i'm just thinking like lots of powdered sugar Oh my god, like sugar cubes on a plate or something. Some some barada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some stacciatella. Uh, mm, snow cones. I love snow cones. Um, I was going to say, meat. regarding... Um, regarding? Regarding. <laughs> uh, the department store vibe, it's also just been so permeated through Christmas movies, like Zoe Deschanel as the department store elf in Elf. And Miracle on 34th Street, which I haven't seen, but it's like a quintessential uh, 1940s Christmas movie in which like this guy works as a mall Santa, but it turns out he's like actually Santa. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or he's like a department store Santa. Yeah, I love the vibe. Or Carol also is kind of like a Christmas movie where Rooney Mara plays like a retail girl. Yeah, department store retail lesbian. And Mm -hmm. I just love... The vibe of these like like i feel like it's quite coquette these like characters who are like despondent retail christmas sales girls who are like kind of have a bad attitude but are wearing a christmas hat yes oh i love we that. need to wake That'd that be... up well that yeah department store media needs to be needs to really kind of experience a revival a bitchy like kind of twee girl in a christmas hat is like definitely because it's right now it's like you go into the department stores and people are bitchy to you but they're not like they don't have that like kind of like bitchy kind of mean girl thing about them that makes it kind of cunty Mm -hmm. and epic you know i don't think they should be cunty but they should be a little bit just like a weary type of vibe yeah just like a little bit like they have to be the person who you turn into like a christmas believer you know oh yeah yeah oh my god 
So good. And they have to have like dry humor and be like, you really yeah. believe in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> like ghost, ghost world vibes or something. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah, but like, it's just a sham to sell capitalist products. <laughs> yeah. That's what okay. Wait, bring people like that back. That's like, I miss like the Gen X, like kind of like so anti-consumerist, well, like, you know, like I like miss people I'm living like on my way. I keep on being like, we all need to stick it to the man. I know it's true. Like, mm, I'm on my way there. Oh, we should bring back coal as well. Oh, oh my that? god. Oh, cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, the best part of Christmas is these like random ass Minecraft materials like coal and mistletoe. <laughs> that it's just like, when would you ever need that for anything else? I also love advent calendars, like with little pieces of chocolate that are like uh, dry as well. Advent calendars, very hot this year. They've been hot for the past few years just with like beauty brands doing like whatever. Yeah. Um, their versions of advent calendars one. luxury advent calendars are really big too there was that controversy yeah. with like the chanel, chanel advent calendar that sucked yeah. we should do one yeah oh my god i actually feel like that's maybe something you could workshop as an advent calendar for next year yeah i like the delayed gratification of advent calendars yeah me too and the way that you have like you have to open it every day that was one of the great. lessons that i learned very early in my life it's like i just didn't have self-control and so I like opened every like I basically ate all of my advent calendar chocolate at the same time wait I also I was gonna say I have the same I was before you said that I was like I have the exact same memory I feel like that's very just common you yeah know? it taught me so much like I I really learned that like you don't know what you want but you don't want to actually eat it all at the same time like I felt mm-hmm. so bad no after way. and I was just like I'm literally the worst person ever and I'm never getting a Christmas present and like why the fuck did I do that you know yeah mm. that was the Still, first time i felt shame probably in my whole life <laughs> and the advent calendar calendar chocolate do you guys have an advent calendar this year no, no I, my I, mom I don't... used to send them to me like these flimsy like paper cardboard ones that were so good i have like a huge corn plant which it's a, it is a <laughs> the corn Mexican advent calendar. <laughs> no it's like i just put little christmas ornaments on it that's like my only christmas decor right now i need to go on, get a, more. on a, a plant of corn a corn plant it's just like a really like, tall like you should google like it there's there's like corn on there's, it there's no corn on it i don't really know what yeah it's like dracaena <laughs> fragrance <laughs> oh like it doesn't it does look it, like corn no it doesn't look like corn does it make corn that's a good question like i've been taking really good care of it it's like I feel like maybe one one of these days it'll pop some corn out. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Speaking of popcorn, the popcorn garlands. Have you guys ever made those? No. Yeah. We need to. That should be trending this year. That's very Christmas kish. I think that's what people are missing as well is the handicrafts of Christmas, like orange garlands. Uh, oh my god! A popcorn making... and cranberry garland. I'm looking at right now, and it's so gorgeous. Yeah. I think it's on. It's in the theme of the like botanical christmas that i'm very interested in yeah that and some mold wine mm. oh. i've never seen the orange garland but it's really fabulous i love pine yeah, cones we were big on pine cones what else what other christmas decorations are like oh i kind of like on top a... of the christmas tree yes i like when people I don't know that's always that's always been very contentious in my mind are you team star I think I team angel. Had an angel yeah yeah i think i always had an angel on top of my christmas tree wait what's funny is that so we have a star and an angel 
in my family decoration canon, but the angel is one that I made in kindergarten and it has my face on it. And so, like, me and my sister would always fight because I'd be like, I want the angel on top of the Christmas tree because it was me. Like, I wanted me as an angel to be our Christmas topper. But my sister would get, like, she'd be like, no. And, like, like, we're doing the star. But I need to get get that back in my possession. And my future family will also use me as an angel as a Christmas topper. That's really cute. Yeah, we had a very minimalist angel that – was kind of like faceless and cone shaped. Was it gold? Yeah, it was kind of gold. I feel like I know what you're talking about. It was like champagne, champagne yeah. gold. <laughs> I think something they could bring back some of this is the gift of ornaments. People used to give each other ornaments. I yeah, as like that. souvenirs. Yeah. Yeah, I still. And that's a, still a big gift for me. I give people ornaments. That's cool. Yeah keeping it alive mm-hmm. like where do you get them from like when i go when i'm a tourist anywhere i buy i like bringing back gifts from foreign journeys and the last ornament i gave was when i went to la i went to the getty observatory and i bought a bunch of getty observatory ornaments that were really expensive but nice and i bought i gave them to a bunch of family members oh yeah that's really nice ribbons are so big this um, christmas ornaments are ribbons i just have seen a lot of oh, people ribbons. decorating their oh. trees just with ribbons oh. only oh that's yeah. sexually perverse yeah like i understand why they're doing that because it kind of harkens both cindy luhu and also um the you know childhood book illustration of like a, a christmas tree that is dressed with like candles or something you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah like there's something i don't know it's quite like staccato about the placement of the ribbons I don't like it. Me neither. Yeah, it's just Put a little too... Put some popcorn on there. It's a little too, like, charcuterie. I don't know. It's, it's like, a little do too you perfect. actually have to... Did you say charcuterie? Yeah, it just Wait, gives what? a vibe of, like, when you see someone posting a perfect charcuterie spread. It's like... Oh, yes, it's so charcuterie. That's actually a really good adjective for this sort of thing. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, looks, it looks good. I'm trying to think of... You know what I honestly don't like is the mm. Christmas color scheme that's, like, light blue and white. Me either. Oh, that's yeah. Painful. Like, I don't like when I see trees dressed up in those colors. Well, actually, I will say, if it's in, like, a space-age, mid-century setting... <gasps> okay, wait, you're right, yeah. I forgot okay. that, that, like, silver trees were really trendy um, in the 60s after... Mm-hmm. After the space race, yeah. No, actually, Space Age Christmas is, like, kind of my dream come true. That's been my... That's the direction I'm going. Um, maybe this is a spoiler, but for my um, family Christmas this year. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler for my Christmas post. <laughs> Do you guys support fake Christmas trees? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I Enjoy. when I was a younger, I really wanted a real one. And we had real Christmas trees, but now that I'm a single woman household, like I, yeah, plastic Christmas trees all the way. Oh my God, white Christmas trees are disgusting also. 
I used to have this neighbor who was this like shoe diva ass lady and she would have a different colored like neon Christmas tree every single year. And <laughs> it was so funny because like two days after Christmas, it would always be on the curb. And so everyone in the neighborhood would like try to guess what color her tree was that year. <laughs> It'd be like hot pink or like bright blue or like neon green. I mean, I had a, I had, when I was a, a kid, I had my own Christmas tree and it was pink feathers. <gasps> oh my God. Um, and my, I had ornaments on it from lily pulitzer that were like stuffed giraffes that's it was really excessive that is really, so really cute. cute oh my god and i i really wish that i knew where it was because i would i would take it with me to every house that i will ever live in um i love when people get really big christmas trees though like when they put a full ass like eight foot tree yeah um my i was talking to someone that. last night who lives in london and she was like, yeah, we got an eight-foot Christmas tree online Whoa. to put in their apartment. That's such a flex. That's, like, such a flex. Like a square footage flex. High ceiling flex, yeah. High ceiling High flex. flex. And, like, when people get – I remember people decorating, like, getting a professional Christmas tree decorator, which I feel like is a wife job, like a jobby. Yeah. It's like a jobby. Being a professional Christmas tree decorator, you know? Who does that? Like, I've – that's some that seems very texas to me because i feel yeah. like texas it's like the same girls that reminds me of having like giant trees it's like, like giant christmas trees i don't know if it's just the area i grew up in or if it is common but i feel like it's like a mexican lady like a, a bougie mexican lady thing to do is to get like a professional christmas tree decorator or to be one that's so cool yeah but the trees are very you know they look like department store display trees you know they're they don't have any like family character character yeah i mean i'm looking at a lot of these like pinterest trees and they're so overloaded with decor that you can't even see any tree poking out of it Mm -hmm. which to me is not that's not what christmas is about i agree i love a skimpy tree like a charlie brown ass like busted ass tree i love christmas cactuses i really want to get a christmas that's very tiki christmas wait you know yeah Yeah. i'll do a christmas coconut tree a christmas cactus is um wait let me just double check what it looks like like is it like do you mean an actual christmas cactus like the type of plant or you mean like any cactus no like a cactus decorated like a christmas tree oh okay because there's actually a type of a flower called a christmas cactus oh and I've had this Christmas cactus. It was my great great it was my great grandmother's Christmas cactus and it's still alive. <laughs> oh my god, that's so special. Wow. I know, it's really, really cool. And it, it blooms and everything. It's really cool. That is so cute. You should get one of those. I would recommend it as a plant. Yeah, I'm I'm big I have a actually I, I'm a big plant person, low key. Like I'm crypto plant person. Mm. Are you being a plant mom? Yeah, I actually have so many plants and I they I do cuttings, you know, they last me a long time. I'm really good oh, at She does cuttings. Yeah, I do a big, I'm a big plant person, actually. How do you feel about poinsettia? I like poinsettias. I just feel like kind of bad, though, because they seem like kind of, I don't like seasonal plants because it just feels like a waste of something that's supposed to last a long time. Because I feel like people get rid of their poinsettias or don't take care of them and like they don't last like the whole year. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like. Poinsettia writes. Just like mistletoe. I'm sending you guys the uh, uh, Christmas cactus I'm kind of thinking of. It's like an actual cactus that, like, like kind of like a saguaro cactus type thing. 
You know what I mean? No, I, I saw some pictures of them. They're really funny to me because I think cacti have an incredible lifelike quality, of course, in that they look like a guy that's like posing weirdly. So a friend. I like that vision. Yeah. I guess, wait, have we talked about like Santa X Coke? Like that's the most original collab. Oh, no. I guess we kind of like alluded to it, but Coke has like an amazing article about this on their website. Basically, Coke like really locked in when it came to their Christmas and seasonal advertising from like the 1930s onwards. Santa was featured in Coke ads since the 1920s. And in 1930, they had an artist who painted a department store Santa in a crowd drinking a bottle of Coke um, in St. Louis, Missouri, where apparently there was the world's largest soda fountain. And that was like kind of a big deal. The illustrator in 1931 who did their like most classic Santa was named Haddon Sunblum. And he was inspired by Twas the Night Before Christmas. And he like read that poem and was like, I'm going to follow this description to a T for this like image of Santa that I'm creating. Um, And yeah, those print ads by Sunblum were all over magazines in the New Yorker, National Geographic, Saturday Evening Post, and continued to be kind of like a seasonal staple in billboards, store displays, calendars, posters, which are now really collectible. And Coke also did like kind of North Pole themed ads Hmm. with like polar bears. Um, They just like really locked into the associations of like ice cold, like winter Coke, which is so genius because like I do really crave Coke like every month out of the year because in the summer it's like, oh my God, it's so hot. I need a Coke. In the winter it's like, I imagine being like a polar bear drinking a Coke. Like it's just, yeah. I think it just has that Americana and I think there should be a word for like Christmas. It's like Christmasiana. <laughs> like, like everything to do with Christmas. Like it's just really that to me. Christmasiana is good. I like that one. I liked when they started using computer graphics to make the polar bears i know right it was... like in the in with the coke ads yeah, yeah it was really giving ice age yeah and they would like sl- sled down the, an iceberg or something oh, that's so cute <laughs> and drink a coke <laughs> wait do you guys like mrs claus no what really me neither honestly no i think she's frumpy and dumpy i like feel super neutral about her but it does like it's weird. I Why feel like in the culture. Kids? Ooh, ooh, it's we, his fault. We need to wake that up. Well, that's the thing is, is like there's a lot of like, I feel like media about like cheating Santa Claus. Like, oh Santa yeah, Claus like I being, saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, or like Santa babies, like some. Yeah, you know, what's with like, all the slutty Santa stuff? Yeah. Like Santa seduction is like a it's like a <laughs> that's a genre of media. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think they ever really managed to nail her visual, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, they really just took it so literally. Like, imagine if he was just like gender swapped. Which why would your wife just be you, the girl <laughs> version of you? <laughs> um, and I don't think they ever managed to bring the same level of jolliness to her. And then, of course, I think the other thing that makes her visual confusing is 
because sexy Mrs. Claus is definitely way more of a costume than like sexy Santa Claus, even though we said there's the Santa seduction Mm -hmm. genre of media, but like the little skirt, you know, mean girls, that sort of thing. There's a confusing visual for Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a girl wearing like a mean girl style outfit as like she's trying to dress up as Mrs. Claus. I'm just like, oh, it's like girl Santa. Like she just has little like spectacles or something. Like I just I don't know what she does all day. Make cookies. Mm-hmm. We should do a PR campaign for mm-hmm. her that is like she in like, conjunction she keeps with the house running. Goop while he's off <laughs> sucking and fucking. Oh yeah. my god! It just doesn't seem just fair. Kidding. Also, that like no one wants to take pictures with Mrs. Claus. Like you can't be a female. I think it's kind of misogynistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. That was like my favorite song. Mm-hmm. It's very evocative. But I realize that it's because, like, I think I learned this a few years ago, but, like, it's because, like, Santa is the dad. So, like, this kid is, like, yeah. yeah. thinks that his mom's cheating, but it's just the dad dressed up as Santa. But why would the dad be dressed up as Santa in, like, the Wait, middle of the night? I think, my, yeah. Well, he's going to go drop off the presents. He's like, he's I remember mo- trying my... as a Santa impersonator. It's <laughs> like, I think, I don't know. I always wondered, you know. I When I was a kid, yeah, I would literally works so hard to stay awake to to catch santa claus and even sleep next to the christmas tree and not once did i not once did i ever catch him in the act which pained me a lot when i was a child yeah we always did midnight mass and i would always just stare out the window being like where is the sleigh <laughs> I know. do y'all remember no rad no rad no. y'all don't know what no rad is oh my god okay so no oh, rad it's like is the like, santa tracker yeah the santa tracker yeah that was my favorite thing in the world. And it's still going on. My little nephew, who's like eight, he he loves Norad. Oh, and then, okay, he did this crazy thing. I saw him like a couple weeks ago and he was like, Samantha, like, come look at this. And he was like, <laughs> he like asked the Alexa to call Santa Claus. And Alexa has this like crazy, like AI generated like Santa Claus, like phone call for like children. And I was just like trying to think about like what. And he he like tries to Alexa send his wish list to oh my santa God. i know i'm like guys that's really funny what if he doesn't get out a pen and paper <laughs> he sends it in a notes app like <laughs> oh my God, yeah, he yeah. Yeah. well they were, tra- we were trying to get him to the meals <laughs> but um and my favorite christmas song is i uh grandma got run over by a reindeer oh love Ooh. love see see that's where the the misogyny of mrs claus it all ties together yeah like you know that was a banger but Mm -hmm. damn she did die Mm -hmm. i think yeah there were casualties did they ever make that into a movie probably so yeah wait in 2021 there was a yougov survey where people ranked the most hated christmas songs and grandma got run over by reindeer and i saw mommy kissing santa claus (laughs) are the lowest or like the most hated but santa baby is the most hated well, people don't so, like the. We're, we're literally such contrarians. Yeah, like... it sounds like people don't like the seductive Santa vision. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, people like... hate "Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney too. Like that song is so goofy. How could you hate it? How do you feel about the Band Aid nineteen eighty four? Do you know it's Christmas? What the one that's like, like? Bah humbug. Well, that's too strong because it's not my favorite holiday. Is that one? No, it's like um. I don't know actually if it goes like that. I think it's like one of those like we are the world type oh. things that it like raised money for 
something in the 80s and they the lyrics are like kind of about like do people suffering know it's christmas oh my god that's so sad throw your arms around the world at christmas time there won't be snow in africa this christmas time the greatest gift they'll get this year is life where nothing ever grows nor rain nor rivers flow do they know it's christmas time at all Wow, that's so sad. And then it's just like a bunch of people singing at the end, Feed the World, for like two minutes straight. Oh my god, that breaks my heart. Yeah. We need to do another charity Christmas single with like 20 people. That used to be such a thing. Last year, I had a friend who tried to do a Toys for Tots drive, like randomly. Like it, he he was like an individual, like a private citizen. <laughs> and he tried to do it, and I think he felt like really guilty and did like a Toys for Tots drive. Yeah, I mean, I really encourage the spirit of charity around Christmas. My mom would always make mm-hmm. us do some type of, like, volunteering or canned food thing. That's a real Christmas spirit, for sure. Canned food? Mm. Yeah, canned beans. Making a tree out of canned food and then giving it to someone. Guys, if we ever spend <laughs> Christmas together, can we make it, like, a tropical tiki Christmas? Like, a, a big ham with, like, pineapples all over it and, like, cherries? Ooh, that sounds fun. Yes. Oh my god, and I love that. I love ham so salad. much. <laughs> I'm so neutral about ham. Honey baked ham? Mm. I'm very neutral about ham. My mom made it for Thanksgiving because so we love it so much. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Do you guys like honey baked ham? Yeah. Ish. No, there's this one ham that they've been selling at Publix for like the past 10 years. That is literally the best thing I've ever eaten. And like, it's not, like, it's so special. I don't know why what it's so good. It? And my mom doesn't do anything to it. She just like buys it from Publix and puts it in the oven. Mm. Mm. I wish we had Publix in Texas. No. I don't think that that exists here. Ham? Publix. Oh. Yeah. No, not ham. <laughs> we have a lot of ham. We have plenty ham. Plenty of ham. Yeah. How do you guys um, feel about gift wrapping? Are you good at it? I'm really good at it, actually. My retail I'm experience. bad at it in the same way that I was bad at like SAT logic questions <laughs> about like how many sides does this triangle have or something. Yeah, like, no, I, it. Those your spatial. Really According to researchers, poorly wrapped gifts get a preferable reaction because presents that are neatly wrapped increase a recipient's expectations. It's like uncanny valley. Literally, it's like, why is this present so well wrapped? Wait, that is so interesting. Yeah, there there has to be like a sub. Like, I want to do, like, aesthetics wiki, but, like, for different Christmas aesthetics, because, like, busted Christmas is definitely a cultural (laughs) thing. Like, poorly wrapped gifts, like, a stingy-ass tree with, like, one ornament on it. (laughs) Like, the dog from the Grinch that has that antler tied to his head. (laughs) Like, like busted Christmas is kind of my preferred theme. I forgot about busted Christmas, too. Oh my god. Space that's Age so Christmas. Cute. I'm putting my money on Space Age Christmas and Busted Christmas, but I know that Botanical Christmas <laughs> is winning this year. It is. It is. Oh my god. Dude. Yeah, we have, I mean, I'm sure we, we have some, I mean, we, we have confirmed our Aesthetics Wiki admins in our listener base, so. Yeah, someone will come up with that. Yeah. Oh my god, I just looked up I Steampunk Christmas. It's so bad. Oh god. Like post-apocalyptic Christmas time. Do you guys not think that, like, wrapping presents is really hard, though? Hard? Yeah, like, I, I really can't get the corners right. 
you have to have really good tape. I think that's what you can't cheap out on. Um, mm. I think it's because when I was in elementary school, you know how the, there's that meme of like, you were too busy drawing an eye type thing. <laughs> there's like those girls like drawing an eye. You I was doing that, origami. I was doing origami. <gasps> yeah. Oh. I was an origami girl that was distracted by yeah. folding paper and different weird ways instead of drawing eyes but I, I'm I also, jealous I also drew eyes but I just feel like um my I feel like my presents always have like an air pocket on the side like the, the as, wrapping paper is not very tight as we found that's like the best way of wrapping that's good to know because I, I did not know that it's kind of like how I have bad handwriting it like really I don't know the muscles of that side of my brain don't don't work should we do would you rather's yeah. I also have some um recs for the Discord. I made a little list of novels about department stores. There's actually several and a lot of them are like from France. So Wait, that's really exciting. Yeah, so let's have a little discussion about that. Let's okay, would you rather I feel like we yeah. Someone someone else go first. Wait, <laughs> I'm no. shy today. I feel so shy. I'm trying to remember. There's like a specific Okay. Would you rather go to SantaCon with Jack Skellington mm. or or go to department store with Krampus? Department store with Krampus. Because I feel like I could instill fear in the hearts of I don't know. I feel like he would get me good discounts and good service because everyone would be like, oh shit. <laughs> you want to mess with him, you know? Like, it would be like a bull in a china shop type of situation, I feel like. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I also That's love true. the I love the nutcracker doll. I feel like his visual is amazing. Um, yes. Oh my god. I would try to crack nuts in my nutcracker doll when I was a child and it was like impossible because it was just de- decoration like me made too. Really, yeah, me mine too. was functional, not gonna lie. Really? Oh, oh my god. Damn. I love that. You were in a different tax bracket, Alexi. <laughs> I mean, it was just—it was just one, you know. I feel like the difference between a functional and non-functional one is just like a lever. Well, we, mine had a lever, but it was like I, we got it at Michael's. I remember very clearly. But <laughs> it reminds me that my mom, like, actually, when I was at home, I realized she like is. Like, you always wonder who's buying the like foodstuffs at. Oh, this isn't Michael's. But, like Marshalls. Like my mom yeah. is like buying food for Marshalls. They have a lot of Christmas popcorn with like Thomas Kincaid paintings. Yeah, yeah. Like printed mm-hmm. out on the front. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, Thomas Kincaid paintings are the things that you find printed on the food tins at Marshall's. Like it's really weird. Yeah. I feel like those have been made like minimalist now though, too. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like minimalist Christmas cashews or something. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to make this year, guys? What? Like p- party mix, like oh, checks mix. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, have, have you ever like... had what they call reindeer chow? Oh, I think I know what you're um, talking about. Perhaps so, but could you go on? It's like essentially imagine trail mix, but it's like not healthy, and it's just like a bunch of s- types of cereal and pretzels and M and M's and stuff um, mixed together, like a Chex Mix type sitch. Yeah, but it's all sweet, and you use mm. like Christmas colored. M&M's and that's what makes it reindeer yeah I would make that like puppy chow yeah mm. but reindeer that sounds good I know I, I'm starting to appreciate like random ass mixes of food red and green yeah, seems like really, really not trending right now yeah 
Yeah, red and white is the it's big not, one. It's not trending. You said it's not trending. No, I, I haven't really seen much. Yeah. Of that. Ugly Christmas sweater party. Like, would you rather like get forced to go to like a millennial ugly Christmas sweater party and <sighs> trap there for like hours with a bunch of people who just want to talk about their corporate jobs? <laughs> or would you rather burn your hand on the chestnuts roasting on the open fire? <gasps> literally rather burn my hand i have to say (laughs) i think that the ugly christmas sweater thing like it's one of those classic flops where it's like you could just go buy like there are naturally occurring ugly christmas sweaters but i think maybe the supply has been exhausted so now people like actually buy them new or they'll buy Mm -hmm. like from like urban outfitters yeah they'll buy like a christmas sweater that has like a star wars thing on it or something which i find just blasphemous um i really think that there shouldn't be much interference with like popular ip and christmas except spongebob yeah like i love a classic christmas episode for like a sitcom but there doesn't seem to be very many sitcoms that are popular anymore right like i feel like young sheldon was the last sitcom (laughs) that really popped off yeah i agree what wait what is is it Merry Christmas, you filthy animals? Oh my god, I never want to hear that again. I don't even know what's <laughs> okay, but, but that that is the type of thing that they would get made on a sweater at Urban Outfitters, and then people would buy that and wear it to the ugly Christmas party. Yeah, and the text you know? is in that like knit, the, like a printed knit type of vibe. Oh my god, I feel sick. It's, it's dark. Like the square letters. I mean, I love um, a fair isle knit. Okay. I feel like that should trend. A again. Wet knit? What? A what type of knit? Fair Isle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I thought you meant, like, major. feral, and you said it in a weird way. <laughs> um, would you rather... Would you rather have to be married to Thomas Kincaid? Or married to... God, there's no, there's no other <laughs> like Santa Claus. Jack I don't know. Frost. Like, Jack no other, Frost. There's Jack Frost. Oh. Or Tim Allen oh, as Santa other... Claus. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Okay, fine. Go. Tim Allen as Santa Claus is so '90s Christmas though. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So which one were you guys married to? Tim Allen as Santa Claus. I like kind of. I I intervened in there to make the 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 wager to easier for myself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think that Thomas Kincaid, like, even though he's majorly traumatizing and like seems to have a ton of issues, I it would make me feel like Oppenheimer's wife, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, like oh he's a God. mad genius. Yeah, it would be really giving like wife to mad genius, and then I would go down in history and yeah. be reframed as like Zelda Fitzgerald type of figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel like he also made a ton of money. Oh, yeah, he had to have. I mean, he did, like, yeah. official sanction collabs with Disney. Yep. It makes you, like, yeah, he I don't did. know. Those are really bad. I would have advised him away from that. Um, you would have told him to look at the Dutch masters. <laughs> yeah, I would have steered him in a more Peter Bruegel direction. I would have been his, like, ghost painter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And then there'd be a book about you. Oh, exactly. Oh, my God. It would be, like, yeah, like, little... Li- little known woman in art history yeah i could do it yeah i i mean i think i could really deal with like a guy who publicly urinates but he's also like really weird like weirdly christian 
like he's, he has like a weird Christianity about him, like not normal. I mean, like a troubled Christian vibe is. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's realistic. Wait, well, actually, I hate his visual book. Yeah, I don't like this. But he does give like okay. Do you guys know what Foggy Bottom is in Washington D.C.? No, no. It's like a neighborhood in Washington D.C. And I don't know why he reminds me of Foggy Bottom. <laughs> What's it like there? Um, it's like kind of. It feels like kind of like British actually. So I guess maybe he just reminds me of Britain. It's like a lot of like um brownstone type things, but just like the vibe feels distinctly British to me for some reason. And, like, kind of nefarious and insidious because it's, like, where I think, like, the State Department is in Foggy Bottom. So, like, that's why I feel like I associate him, like, Thomas Kincaid with Foggy Bottom. Oh, my God. Wait, guys. Mm. I just remembered who my favorite Christmas character is. It's a little Jack Horner. Wait, who is that? Who's that? You've never heard this nursery rhyme about little Jack Horner? No. I maybe have not, actually. It basically goes like this. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, what a good boy am I? And there's like a picture of this kid with a pie and he like has a plum on his thumb. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I loved it as a kid. Like, I love the visual of sticking your thumb in a pie. I love that. It's like, I love a pointless nursery rhyme. Like, that has no lesson. Yeah, I was really going pointless as limerick. Um <laughs> Well, wow, I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't know who Little Jack Horner is. That's actually, thank you for that little gem. I love, yeah, I love something like that. I want to wake up the, um, the lesser known Christmas character canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack Frost was like a major object of like teenage sexuality. Wait, really? Yeah, he was like was? really, really popular on Tumblr. And there were like people who got famous just from like kind of resembling him. I think because he's a very age appropriate like crush to have. Because he's just like like a hot guy with the like, animated version, yeah. Or okay, like the one from Rise of the Guardians, or whatever. <laughs> he's uh, like wearing a hoodie and has like platinum hair. He kind of has like a Lucky Blue Smith esque visual. Yeah, I never that's like I feel like that's gonna be hot again because of um the Hunger Games. Yeah, new movie. Yeah, yeah. Guys um, haven't been going platinum for a while, but as we know, guys are straightening their hair now. It's just like when guys straighten yeah. their hair, it just gives whenever you first start straightening your hair when you're like 12 years old and it looks really bad because you haven't figured out how to do it yet. And you use like no heat protectant. That's just like how guys straighten their hair. Yeah, it's the same as like when they bleach their hair because they're on the soccer team or something. Exactly. But no, I think they have the resources yeah. now to... Do you think so? Dyson air wrap it out or something. No, I don't think so. Like from what I saw, what I've been seeing the past couple weeks... These are like these are men who are quite metropolitan, like into fashion, but they're frying those ends off. I wonder what triggered this. Like, was there something? What Indy happened sleaze. there? Indie sleaze. But indie sleaze has been around for so long, and I just I haven't seen men straighten their hair at all. Or if I have, they've just done it very seamlessly. But it, it feels like more they've been kind of tussling in their hair to make it seem more shaggy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder, no, like, what I, if there's like a famous person in the indie sleaze canon that, like, I just haven't thought of that has inspired yeah, this behavior? Joe Jonas, <laughs> the kid from the Joe kid Jonas from the Lorax? indie sleaze is really funny. Like the Lorax isn't necessarily Christmassy, but wait, what's the kid's name? 
Wait, not the Lorax. Fuck. Horton hears a who? There's like that emo kid. <laughs> There's like an emo Susian kid who yeah. I feel like people are always trying to look oh, like. Oh, I post, I post him on my story once a year. Yeah. <laughs> really? On Christmas? Yeah. No, just like whenever I feel like it. Not on purpose, but like I find this picture in my camera wall. Oh my god, wait. I think like I know exactly smoking. which one. It's where he's doing like a side eye. Yeah, he's doing a side eye. I love the biz traditions. Thank you. This kid's name is Jojo McDonald. Oh my god, I had such a big crush on him. Jojo McDonald, cute. And he's kind of everything. Um, all right, so shall we wrap up, guys? Yeah. Yes. I need to go to this dinner party. Yeah. Oh my god. I love well, that. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm so inspired. Like, there's a Christmas tree vendor on my corner, and I think I might look and see if maybe he has mistletoe or something. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy a Christmas cactus. Like, I found one on Amazon that <laughs> I'm going to purchase. Because I just feel like it. I like that we've Southwest discovered Christmas. so many Christmas aesthetics over this episode. Yeah, we should throw in, okay, like, we should ha- do have, like, host some sort of, like, rapid fire Christmas aesthetics competition. <laughs> like, whoever can name the most gets, like, a postcard from us or something. Yeah, I'm excited. I think we're, like, the innovators in this space. But yeah. this will free you. Mm. Yeah. I might have a hot chocolate. Oh. Like, I'm so in the Christmas spirit now. You should. Ooh. I bought myself some hot chocolate mix from Fortnum and Mason. Mm. So I, I go home and I drink that sometimes. Whoa. Epic. Yeah. Yeah, it's so nice to... But, like, hot chocolate is such a, so such a hit or miss thing. But yeah, that's we should have like some sort of cultural funding behind making hot chocolate better on a wider scale. I mean, like a caramel hot chocolate. It's either is like so nasty good. and watery, or it's like where they ladle just like the straight up chocolate. Yeah, the Italian hot chocolate vibe that needs to kind of pop mm-hmm. off. I feel like yeah, something in between would be nice. All right, well, everyone, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the season, honestly. I feel like there's there's so much to to look at, to drink, to eat, decorate your home. Yeah, Christmas is a time a little for short tree. Saying a little yes to everything. And yeah. even if you can't do a crazy like Pinterest full home decoration, get your ass an ornament and just stick it on something. Mm-hmm. Busted Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like literally just hang an ornament like on a wire hanger or something oh, <laughs> and, like, yeah. put in your room. <laughs> I mean That's like even, a good idea. I feel like it could be kind of Rick Owens yeah. to like just do a nail in a wall that has like an ornament on it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I completely agree I was thinking that too yeah <laughs> like there's a side of minimalist Christmas that's like a lot more fun yeah Oh, I'm so excited right. now. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. Ho, Merry ho, Christmas ho. to all. Until and to all, all a good, good night. night. Oh, love you guys. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.